G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Life is full of troubles. No matter how much money you make or where you live or or what you do for a living, you'll never be able to create a trouble-free life. When those troubles pile up and leave us in fear, worry and despair, Pastor Greg Laurie says, listen to the Lord. Jesus is saying, look, I haven't brought you this far to abandon you now. I know what I'm doing. So I'm asking you to believe. I'm asking you to trust me. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. If worry were an Olympic sport, some of us would qualify for a gold medal. But in reality, life gives us so much to worry about, doesn't it? The world is a mess on so many levels. And we all have our own issues on a personal level as well. But so many times we're much more attached to our burdens than our burdens are attached to us. Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie begins a message designed to set us free from the worry trap. Some good encouragement and worth taking some notes. title of my message is God's Answer to Fear, Anxiety, and Worry. Before I start, I want to make sure I'm talking to the right people. How many of you deal with fear, anxiety, and worry? Raise your hand up. Okay. How many of you don't? You don't have any issues. You're just always calm and because you're liars if you're, or, or you're <laughs> mentally disturbed or I don't know what you are, but you're not normal. That's for sure. Why is it three o'clock in the morning? is the moment that many of us wake up. At least it is for me. Three o'clock in the morning. It's like a magic number. And all of a sudden I'm awakened by a dream or something or some fear, some anxiety, some worry sort of grips me. And then you start playing that what if game. You know what I'm talking about? Oh no. What if this happens? And what if that happens? And all of a sudden you find yourself filled with deep fear intense worry and crippling anxiety. Well, that's what I want to talk about in this little series I'm going to do on God's answer to fear, worry, and anxiety. You know, when a child is afraid of the dark, they need someone to reassure them. And the best thing to do is turn on the lights so they know there's actually not a monster under the bed, that there is no boogeyman, there is no threat to them. They need the reassuring words of an adult that can help them get a proper perspective. Well, in the same way, like little children, when we're frightened, when we're scared, we need the reassuring words of our Heavenly Father to help us in times of anxiety. And you know, we all deal with fear. What I'm amazed by is how, if there's not enough to be afraid of, we pay money to be frightened, right? Oh, the new scary movie. Oh, it's really scary. And then the scariest scene of the scariest movie comes on. And what do we do? We cover our eyes. 
How many of you have seen the film Jaws? Jaws, it's been around forever anyway. I, it's hard for you to believe now, but back when that movie came out, people were freaking out in movie theaters. No one wanted to go in the water. People didn't even want to take baths after they saw Jaws. And there's this one scene where the captain uh, of the little boat is swallowed alive by the shark. Now, when you look at it now, it is so fake looking. It's like the fakest shark ever. But somehow, when I saw that scene for the first time, I was like, oh, it's horrifying, you know. So there's scary movies. And then there's amusement parks and these crazy roller coasters people can get on. Uh, I just decided a while ago, I'm, I'm not going on another roller coaster. I don't know if I ever enjoyed it. Even when I was a kid, I went to Disneyland not long ago with my son Jonathan and Levi Lesko. And uh, we brought along some of the little kids. Levi brought his daughter Daisy. And Jonathan brought Allie and Christopher. And so we're talking about rides that gone. And they decided they wanted to go on the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride over at California Adventure. Now I, I've been on that ride. It used to be called the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. And I hated it because I hate to drop quickly. So I'd already done it. I said, I I'm not going. So Jonathan and Levi and Christopher, little Christopher, went on this ride and I took the little girls over to Mater's Junkyard Jamboree. <laughs> and even that nauseated me a little bit. There was a lot of swing in there and a lot of hearing Mater's voice saying, get her done, get her done, right? And by the way, the guy that is the voice of Mater, Larry the Cable Guy, is a Christian who uh, is, uh, listens to our radio broadcast all the time. So anyway, uh, so I've decided I'm tired of paying money to be sick to my stomach and to be scared. But then there are things that really are frightening in life. The fear of the unknown. The fear of losing something we have. The fear of losing control. The fear of the future. And there's a lot of things that stress us out. And one of the reasons is because we get our information on demand now so quickly. There's threats of war. We open up the newspaper. Well, very few people read newspapers anymore. You go to your favorite news site or your news feed on your phone or on Twitter and you're reading the headlines. You're scrolling through and, oh, there's a terrorism threat over here, another terrorist attack in another place and all those things. And then there's the personal things we worry about. Losing our health. Losing our job. Even worse, losing a member of our family. And this is not limited to older people. When you're young, you worry all the time. You worry about your future. You wonder, will I ever get married? I'm so old. I'm like 20 and I'm not married yet. <laughs> or am I ever going to pay off my college debt? Or am I going to have a career? What will it be like to be an adult? And then when you're an adult, you look back in your childhood and say, man, I wish I was young again. Those were the good old days. I didn't have a worry in the world, right? And I actually read the other day that millennials are the most stressed generation ever. That's interesting. The most stressed generation ever. They say they're even more stressed than what is called the greatest generation. That's a generation that came through World War II. And I think there's a two-word answer to why millennials are stressed. Avocado toast. You know, <laughs> there's something in it. It's messing with your minds. Just stop. No, seriously, the, the stress is caused clearly by these things that we all have. How many of you have a cell phone? Yeah, how many of you? Every, most of you. Yeah, okay. How many of you don't have a cell phone? You might be the smart ones, you know. These phones are causing so much stress. Uh, they've said that the most stressed people are called constant checkers. 
These are people who are attached to these devices just flipping from one screen to another. You've seen people do this. You might even be one of these people. You come to a light, you reach impulsively for your cell phone and you just start flipping, flipping, flipping. Instagram, uh, you know, what, looking at what's going on over in Twitter, your news feed, uh, checking your emails or whatever it is. And they say that these constant checkers report feeling isolated because of technology, even when they're with their families. It's been said that millennials are the loneliest generation of all. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie with a very practical message, God's answer to fear, anxiety, and worry. Pastor Greg is the senior pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Let's continue. You know, I saw an interesting trending term right now. It's hashtag, if social media didn't exist. Interesting question. What if there was no social media? So of course we go to social media to talk about what it would be like if there was no social media. So I'm reading what people wrote. One person wrote, if social media didn't exist, everyone would be so much happier. And I think there's some truth to that. In some ways, ignorance could be bliss. Another person said, well, we would have a lot more productive people. Another person said, we would have to make friends the old-fashioned way. A girl named Veronica said, if social media didn't exist, people wouldn't be constantly comparing themselves to guys or girls they see on their feed which the majority of time are people who have been photoshopped. That's right too. I wish I could look like them, you say. They don't even look like them. It's sort of an illusion. Another person said, if social media didn't exist, I'd have to drag my cat from door to door to show people the funny stuff he does. I, I, I like that. What is with all these videos and pictures of cats? I don't understand it. So I had to jump into the fray and I wrote, if social media didn't exist, I would have more time to be more productive. But at the same time, I would not be able to offer hope from a relationship with God through Jesus Christ to many that really need it. That's what I try to do with my social media platform. But now it's become lethal. We have death by selfies. A young university student, 22 years old, fell off a mountain uh, after she stepped over a retaining wall to take a selfie. A daredevil in China was filming himself hanging off the side of a building, had a camera set up at a distance, and fell 62 stories. A young lady who liked to take selfies of herself on snow-covered mountains in her bikini continued to do so until she fell to her death. And so some of you are saying, you know, I actually was very happy after that time of worship, but you've so stressed me out with everything you've said. Well look, stress is a serious problem which is connected to worry and anxiety because the National Institute of Mental Health reports a significant increase in the number of Americans who fears have moved into full-blown anxiety, disorders, and phobias. Now we've all heard of claustrophobia, the fear of small spaces, but there's other phobias, and these are real. I'm not making any of them up. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this one right. Cathisnophobia. It's the fear of sitting. I hope you don't have that phobia because you're sitting. Even worse, a blutophobia, the fear of bathing. I hope you're not sitting next to someone that has that fear. <laughs> this one I almost understand. Dentophobia. I'm sure you can figure that out. What do you think that's the fear of? Dentists. 
I don't like the sound of those drills. I was at my dentist the other day and they're doing a teeth cleaning. And, and I don't like it because they're looking for trouble, you know? <laughs> and then, oh, oh, we have a little problem here. And then she calls it down. Here we go, you know? And, and of course it was something that needs to be dealt with, but I'm not dealing with it because I have dentophobia. No, I'll get to it eventually. I have procrastinatophobia too, I think. There's automaton phobia. I'm not making this up. Automaton phobia, the fear of ventriloquist dummies. <laughs> when would this fear be experienced exactly? I can't think of many ventriloquist dummies I come into contact with. I hope you don't have this one, paldophobia. It's the fear of baldness and bald people. <laughs> but my favorite is phobophobia. That's the fear of phobias. Here's another one, glossophobia. It's the fear of public speaking. That is the number one fear. Number two is death. So basically what you're saying, uh, if you go to a funeral, you'd rather be in the casket than saying a few words about the deceased, right? So all these things can lead to high levels of stress, literally uh, being filled with anxiety and fear can cause you to have ulcers, depression, obesity, nervous breakdowns, even cancer. Uh, one expert said that 90% of all doctor visits in the USA are triggered by stress-related illness. Okay, so what's the answer? Well, as always, the Bible has answers, doesn't it? So let's read some words from Scripture. John chapter 14, a very familiar passage, one that I really love. Uh, Jesus says, and let's get the context of who he was saying it to. Uh, he said this to his disciples in the upper room. Uh, this is after it had become known to them that he was going to be crucified, that he was going to be leaving them. So needless to say, they were very stressed. They were filled with fear and deep anxiety. So with that backdrop, Jesus says these words, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. There where I am, you know. And you may be there also. Where I go, you know, and the way, you know. We'll stop there. The word that Jesus uses here for troubled is a picturesque word. It means don't let your heart shudder. Have you ever had your heart shudder? Just really bad news? Something that just was a shock to your nervous system? He says, don't let your heart shudder. Jesus did not say, worry and get super stressed and mull over your problems. Rather, he said, don't be troubled. And hey, life is full of troubles. No matter how much money you make or where you live or, or what you do for a living, you'll never be able to create a trouble-free life. Uh, Job says in chapter five, verse seven, people are born for trouble as readily as sparks fly up from a fire. I hate to break it to you, but it's always gonna be something. It's always gonna be something. Just when you get through that one conflict or that one difficulty or that one hardship or that one trial, hey, another one's coming. I don't say that to depress you. I say that to prepare you. So you understand that troubles may come and what you need to do when those troubles do come. There's big things that seem to overtake us and there's small 
irritating things. But know this, while there are reasons to be troubled, there's a greater reason not to be. Jesus says in verse 10 from the New Living Translation, trust in God, trust also in me. In other words, Jesus is saying, look, I haven't brought you this far to abandon you now. I know what I'm doing. So I'm asking you to believe. I'm asking you to trust me. Here's something to consider. When I don't understand what is happening, fall back in what I do understand. Let me say that again and direct it toward you. When you don't understand what is happening, fall back in what you do understand. So what don't you understand? Well, whatever it is you're facing, whatever hardship, difficulty. Why, 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 we ask. Okay, fall back on what you do understand. What do I know? Well, if I'm a Christian, I know my sin is forgiven, right? If I'm a Christian, I know that one day I'll go to heaven. If I'm a Christian, I know that God is in control of my life. And if I'm a Christian, I know that God loves me. And if I'm a believer, I know that all things work together for good to those that love God and are the called according to His purpose. So though I don't understand these circumstances, I'm going to fall back now on what I do understand. And I have found that when those what-if questions start rolling through your mind, I like to go back to what I do understand, what I know is true. So here's something to consider. I love this little verse. So much packed into one verse of Scripture. Luke 12, 32. Jesus said, Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. Notice he says, It's His good pleasure. I think sometimes we think of God as stingy. God doesn't want to give you that. God doesn't want to bless you. God wants to hold all the good stuff back and just kind of make your life hard. Nothing can be further from the truth. It's His pleasure to give to you the kingdom. But also when we think of God as king, it reminds us of the sovereignty and the power of God. So when you're filled with anxiety and fear and worry because of a problem you're facing, consider this, God is bigger than your problem. And if you have a big God, you have a relatively small problem. And if you have a big problem, do you realize how big your God actually is? And so He's your King who's in control of your life. Great encouragement today from Pastor Greg Laurie and his counsel on the topic isn't finished yet. There's more to come in this presentation on fear, anxiety and worry next time when Pastor Greg looks at some of the big challenges that steal our joy and peace of mind and he'll remind us that no matter how big our problems are, God is bigger still. Some more reassurances coming next time on A New Beginning. Now, for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called God's Answer to Fear, Worry and Anxiety. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-50-11. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.